G'day guys and girls, welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast for NRL Supercoach round 17, a very deflated Tim Williams on deck this week to take your questions, Uh, very disappointing as a Blues fan coming off last night but we move on from that one and look forward to hopefully a good weekend of Supercoach ahead, now I'm just going to touch quickly on Origin last night so if you're not too interested in the Origin side of things and my takes on that, no drums at all. Just flick your head about five minutes. We'll get straight into the Supercoach stuff from there. But uh, I did want to touch on a couple of things from that game. And we'll start briefly, very briefly, with the Maroons. And look, there's no excuses from the Blues end. Queensland, two games in a row, were absolutely tremendous. Backs against the wall in game one with injuries and all sorts of things going on and going against them in that fixture and they still managed to get the job done. Game two, they dominated us. You know, you can point your finger at a couple of early questionable decisions after the first two tries that were scored, but at the end of the day, when they win by 22 points, whatever the final margin was, referees didn't dictate this result. Uh, Queensland, it absolutely pains me to say this, but it's pretty hard not to say that it didn't look as though Queensland wanted it more than we did. I don't think those words have ever come out of my mouth as a Blues fan, and I hope they never do again. But Queensland, you just, from everything, for their their numbers in support to, I think the biggest one for me was whenever the Blues made half a break, just numbers scrambling, or we'd kick to corners and we'd kick into a bit of space. They just had blokes scrambling to get there. That last man defence, every time, unbelievable. Mo Tower-Lungy. His last man D to save tries was about, what, three or four tries saved with miraculous try saves in the first two games. So, yeah, Lindsay Collins goes to an absolute another planet when he gets to the Origin Arena. Talk about blokes built for, for that arena. It is Lindsay Collins. And Billy Slade's got to be lauded for that Reese Walsh call in game one. I know there was a bit of chat about KP, uh, Caelan Pong ruling himself out of the series and a few different things, but there was obviously conversations had at some stage. And... I personally couldn't couldn't believe that they weren't going with KP uh, to start the series, despite being one of Reese Walsh's biggest fans. But he absolutely decimated us last night. That extra yard or twelve of speed that he's got on everyone out, everyone else out there on the field. His decision making, like when we look at the player. I love looking at the best fullbacks and their ability to capitalise on a three v two situation, which is essentially for me the biggest role for a fullback in the modern game. Walsh just gets it right just about every time. The, the kid's an absolute freak, and it's going to be very intriguing come game one next year what they do in terms of KP and and Reese Walsh there. So, uh, yeah, enough on enough on the Maroons, but well deserved, Far, thoroughly deserved, I should say. On to the Blues. Look, I'll be honest, I, I I can't help but feel like we lost this one at the selection table, and you know, hindsight's a great thing when it comes to rugby league and sport in general but you know when you sit down and do four or five podcasts a week and absolutely not saying that I got all of my predictions right for the series because I certainly didn't but uh, the big one for me was just going with no utility back on the bench I've always been such an advocate for it especially in the modern game with how many head knocks occur how many injuries occur how many blokes don't get through games and to not have it on the bench, I find to be madness. And this goes both ways in that Queensland didn't really have coverage in the outside backs either. They showed in game one that they had forwards go, might have been Ruben Cotter or someone, uh, play wider and do a job. But still, like if it wasn't Tommy Turbo that went down, let's say it was a Val Holmes, it could have just as easily backfired on them. They didn't have injuries in this game. We did Tommy Turbo very early on and... 
for God knows what reason, Freddie opted to put Damien Cook out there, our hooker, who, to my knowledge, has never played in the centres. I know he played a little bit of fullback at some stage in New South Wales Cup before he hit the NRL scene, but essentially that decided the game. He And this is absolutely no knock on Damien Cook at all because he's a hooker. He was actually moved to the bench for kickoff to get a bigger body in Reese Robson out there early on to come on as our X factor, our impact off the bench, and end up going to centre when you had a bloke like Cam Murray there who has deputised at centre in the past and done a tremendous job. Now, when I saw the team picked, I sat there and went, all right, I disagree with not having utility back on the bench, but you've got Cam Murray there who has done a job there before, and if she hits the fan and we lose someone, he can go there. And they end up going with Cook ahead of Cam Murray. And it would have made a tremendous difference having Cam Murray there. Now, look, they might point to the niggling groin injury that he had and, you know, maybe they didn't want him getting out wide, running wide, or getting those one-on-ones on him. But as far as I'm concerned, if that's the case, why was he playing in the first place? He came on, played about 30, 35 minutes or so, I believe it was. Our, you know, one of our strike forwards, oh, I just don't understand it. Game one, you look at it, Nico Hines was picked as the bench utility, but he didn't cover the outside backs. He was forced to come on with 11 minutes to go and cover a centre spot, which again, it's not his position. And, you know, a few, a poor misread or mistackle in game one essentially cost us that one. Again, not on Nico, he's playing badly out of position. So that, among with a lot of different factors that, that I could touch on from that game uh, and decisions-wise with the teams that I think were really pivotal and, and we really didn't give ourselves the best opportunity to win this series. So very disappointing, um, but it is what it is. Just about every big moment that came from the Maroons, I felt like it went through Cook's edge. There was... There was a really poor read on Valentine Holmes. Uh, there was even just the early kicking, and this might be being a little bit too critical on poor old Cookie, but there was a kick put up for Xavier Coates, and he did his best to shepherd it and provide a bit of cover uh, on the on the wing there for that kick. Xavier Coates got over the top, ball bobbled forward into the in goal, and Val dropped on it. You know, if you've got a special centre, just even a bigger body there, like a Matty Burton, if Burton was at 14 and was able to come on, I don't think that is a try that's scored. I think that's a kick diffused. There was the try late on in the game. It was Xavier Coates getting over in the corner off some just magical lead-up work from Reese Walsh, but they went out there. They As soon as Cookie went out there, they really said some stupid nor to the players on the field. They went straight at him all night, and you saw Cookie jam in and make a, a really poor defensive read that, again, a regular se- centre doesn't make. They slide out. We cover that easily, and, you know, that, I can't remember the exact score at the time. We might have had it back to... Was it 14 points or something when we were a little bit of a sniff? And that might have been the one that closed it out. Or it might have been the try after. But regardless, yeah, as I said, not on cookie, but just we should have had a utility back on the bench. So very disappointed at that one. Uh, but as I said, we move on. Congratulations to the Maroons. Way, way too good in this series. And we'll see what changes come game three to, to try and avoid the dead rubber. Now, obviously, it's all going to be a bit of speculation here, but let's have a look at the players that I can see potentially getting rests uh, from the Origin game. I think you will find probably most of the backline players back up. I think Cam Munster's one that is a chance at a rest. So monitor team news like a hawk and reports coming out around Munster. Now, again, I said speculative, so don't stress too much, but being such a popular player, you'd hate to see it get to Saturday afternoon, a three-day turnaround, 7.35 game at Amy Park against Manly. Now that Tommy Turbo is obviously out with that devastating peck injury, 
I can see them potentially resting Cam Munster for that one. I really can. Uh, but anyway, keep an eye on it. Further, Tino for Malawi, 42 minutes. I can heal back up for the Titans. Dave Feeder, good news for those who held on to him that he only played 49 minutes. So, you know, enough to sort of potentially get a rest. But I do think with the four-day turnaround this time, rather than the three-day from game one for the Titans, I think he's a big chance to back up. It's more about does he start and what minutes does he play. But I think he played about 63 or 67 minutes in game one, and that was only due to the lead ahead. I can't really remember. But, yeah, so few minutes there. Owners will be hoping that he starts in that game, and he very well may. I think Payne Haas – sorry, Harry Grant will save Queensland, 51 minutes. You know, similar to, to Munster in that, you know, potentially a rest, but I just think with Harry Grant – Melbourne are so light on for hookers and, you know, they're sitting what third on the ladder. They're going well, but the competition is so tight that there aren't any teams really cruising that can afford too, too much to be resting players at the moment. But I think Manly against, sorry, Melbourne against Manly without Tommy Turbo down in Melbourne will fancy themselves in this clash. I think Grant backs up just because they're lacking hooking options if he doesn't play in that one. Ruben Cotter played 80 minutes, so he's the one that, God, you probably deserves a rest, but the Cowboys also certainly are in a position, position to rest players. So, yeah, I do think Val will be backing up in that one. For the Blues, Teddy, Roosters have the, the four-day turnaround maximum that they could have asked for. For their origin contingent, he'll be disappointed from that game. Roosters need to win. I dare say he plays. Players like Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, Jerome Luai, all players with the players who if the Blues won, I could see them potentially getting rest, but trying to tell them blokes after losing on Wednesday night that they can't back up and try and make amends for a poor performance from the side, good luck. So I suspect they'd probably back up, but watch that space. It's enormous, enormous for my Supercoach trade because Tyrone Peachy, if there's an, an out there, probably namely Stephen Crichton, he could come in at centre against the Knights, which would be huge. Liam Martin played 61 minutes. He's got to be a decent chance at a rest, especially because he was touch and go to play this after his concussion in round 15. That'd be huge potentially for Zach Hosking. So keep an eye on those ones. Payne Haas is the big one. Played, played 67 minutes. Has a matchup against the Titans, which the Broncos will certainly favour themselves in. Surely to God, you give the big fella a rest. It's a long season. Broncos are firing. Um, clearly, I'm a non-owner, but I just don't know why you'd need to play him in this one. Yeah. So they're probably the main super coach contingent to touch on. Cam Murray, God knows what's happening there. But if he's got some sort of groin thing, he looked all right when he came. He looked very good when he came out in Origin. So I would hope he backs up, but we'll see which way the Bunnies want to play that one. Now let's get stuck into the super coach questions. And the first one from Will Sampson says he's a head-to-head focused player. Really thinking a point of difference. A pod at halfback with Adam Reynolds. A great draw compared to the alternative in Sean Johnson. What I will say about that is that, you know, you really need to just be aiming for the Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary halfback combination post-Origin 3. Obviously, Nico's on the bye this week. I think there's a genuine chance that he comes in and plays Origin 3 somewhere in that side. Every chance it's halfback, which is also a huge for Mitch Moses owners uh, on Mitchie Moses. I think... Again, coming off the loss, he looked to have got through the game okay. I think Mitchie Moses will back up for the Eels. I I just think, like you look at Adam Reynolds, firstly, back your gut, mate. The Broncos have some nice games upcoming. Titans, 
Dolphins. They have the buy in round 19. That doesn't really affect you as a head-to-head player. And then the Bulldogs. So if you think he scores well in those three games, he's very capable of doing so. He can be like a round 21 upgrade to Nathan Cleary or Nico, whoever you don't own. I think you probably want Nico before that. The question will be if he doesn't score that well and you need to find 350-odd, about 350K to go to, say, Nathan Cleary, it's a lot of money. Whereas Sean Johnson, who also has great matchups and has the – where is he? He has a break even of negative 14, negative 16. You know, he could be 800K and could be near sideways move to Nathan Cleary. So he costs 200K more, but this is where probably cash generation does come into it a little bit. You go, how do I get to Cleary and Hines uh, as simply as I can? So back your gut as always, but of the two, I, I think I like Sean Johnson. Question from Deadly Jamo. Are we bringing in Val Meninga, obviously referring to Valence Tafade? Uh, look, I'm not, mate. <laughs> um, the issue with the Fade is that job security. So th- there's probably a reason that, that Wayne Bennett hasn't given him more of a start this season. I think that's probably his defensive issues. We know he's an absolute Adonis when he's got the ball in hand. 258k, break even of seven. But Brenko Lee, Wayne loves Brenko. And he continuously picks him over to Fade. So... I'm waiting on more information on what's happening on the fitness of Brenko, but I think it was maybe a hammy niggle or something like that. There's always a niggle with him somewhere, but I'm just not sure what his job security is like. Like I'd nearly be – you probably need him as the number this week, don't you? I was going to say you can wait till next week and cop one price rise just to see what happens with Brenko. But, yeah, look, not a bad play, but just know that he could be dropped at any minute. Question from Matteo. Preference this week is to hold Buller but want to bring in Munster. Is it worth using two trades for Munster? Lemuelu to Munster and Max Fenai to Jed or Enough? I will say that if you're looking for part two of it, if you're looking going Fenai to Jed or Enough, I reckon you man's Richie Kenner. I'm a little tempted by Kenner. Right edge at the bunnies, negative 24 break even, 259k. Look, Probably not a base stat beast as such, but just a really good attacking position. He should play round 19. Job security with Isaac Thompson and Tane Milne, obviously the question mark there. But if you're not concerned about having enough, then I think he's your man because he's got real solid points going upside. Games against the Cowboys, Warriors and Bulldogs upcoming, as I said, that round 19 coverage. If you're looking for a cheapie this week and – and, you know, you're happy with your squad depth. I think he's probably a pretty decent play and very playable in, in uh, softer matchups, I should say. In terms of Munster, yeah, look, look, I can't knock him too much. If he does back up this week, coming off 124 against the Sharks, he'll miss 19 to origin. Wouldn't be shocked to see him have the bye in, sorry, to, to rest in round 20. There is, though the game against Penrith next week. But even then, Munster, I mean, not entirely fixture-proof, but he's pretty fixture-proof as far as backline players go and in Supercoach. So, yeah, look, I'm not going to knock the Cam Munster by uh, too much at all. So, yeah, if you want him that bad, he does have a great matchup against Manly this week. So, yeah, pretty solid buy. Question from JL. I'm trading at Hosking this week. Hopgood or Maddo for the run home? I'm looking at Maddo too. Really low ownership because of that injury he had earlier. Named on the bench, but we know it doesn't really matter with Maddo. If he plays 50 minutes off the bench, he still scores well because he comes on through the middle and just busts his ass. Like, 
thankfully, to he did have a little bit of a try assist, but even the game we got injured, he played 37 minutes for 64 points, 32 in base in that time. The week before that, 53 minutes, scored 62 points with 46 in base. Before that, 52 minutes, 78.62 in base. That's like immense stats. I think I'm looking this week at, all right, who's a player that I can get in that will offer me round 19 coverage as an overall focus player that is also a bona fide gun and keeper for the run home, and that is Ryan Madison. There aren't a lot of players that fit that billing this week. I'm not even throwing Sean Johnson in there despite his massive season because I think we all want to go to Nico and Cleary at some point. So I really like Maddo. That being said, like Hopgood, also immense. Uh, to be honest, of the two of them, I'd probably go towards Hopgood. I think he's got more attacking upside, plays big minutes. So of the two, him. But Maddo, who's really, I think, I think he's really low in the, the most trading players this week. So, yeah, I like Maddo. Question from Declan Barry. I'm try- uh, No, if Weeks plays fullback with Tommy out, sell Garrett, question mark. Pass has shown he scores plummet without him. Or hope DCE can play him into space. Huge pod play to get rid of Garrick if he doesn't get that fullback spot. My advice would be this week on Ruben Garrick, his break-even should be pretty low because of his big score the other week. So break-even 60. I think we're going to need players this week. If you're in a position to sell Rubes this week, you're doing all right. So I would be holding off selling him this week. Because if Weeks comes out, plays fullback and struggles, there's every chance that he plays fullback the following week. So I think hold, reassess, and I do think that Daly Cherry Evans, the way he utilised Ruben Garrick by playing, throwing those face balls out to him, getting him on the front foot rather than he ran a lot of decoys playing left edge. That's just without getting too technical. That's just the shape the left edge plays with Josh Schuster. So... Yeah, I, I wouldn't be selling him this week, but big talking point next week if he scores poorly and Weeks keeps the fullback spot. Still on Manly, a question from Andrew. How do you think DC will go without Turbo? Please tell me he'll kill it because that would make my trades a lot easier this week. Shazza, <laughs> I mean, it's, he's going down to Melbourne. It's a pretty tough matchup. Look, I haven't crunched the numbers around him without Tommy Turbo. So I'm sure one of the kind members of the SC Playbook WhatsApp group, one of the subscribers will be able to do that for us and whack a message in the chat later on this afternoon or tonight or whenever. Thank you in advance if someone can do that one. Uh, what have they got? Parramatta this week. Sorry, that was last week. Melbourne this week. Roosters next week. Both tough games. Buy in round 19 doesn't affect him because he'll be on origin duties. Cowboys after that. See how averaging this season? 70 points. Mate, let's let's wait to see the answer from the chat. But as far as I'm concerned, mainly without Tommy Turbo, I think everyone, everyone falters. Question from CH. If you have Hines and Cleary, would you take the pun on SJ until Cleary is fit? So assuming you're saying going Cleary to him now. Purely around how many trades you've got, I think. So uh, on face value, absolutely. SJ, clearly SJ looks a great move. If you need numbers this week and you can't really cover the halfback spot and you're in a bit of strife and, yeah, you've got trades in store. When I say trades, let's say maybe off the top of the head, 15 plus, 
I think, yeah, it's a good move. And you can look, as I mentioned earlier, SJ will be, he should make another 100-odd K with a bit of luck, potentially more if he keeps carving. So he could be an easy trade across to Cleary when Cleary returns. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty good trade. If you're sitting like 13 or 14, sub, say, 14 trades, and, you know, your numbers are not too bad this week, well, that's when you look at going, maybe you just hold Cleary after holding him for this long. Guys, if you're doing it a little bit tough on the punt at the moment, you find yourself churning through cash uh, and you're struggling to control it a little bit, you're watching State of Origin last night or you're watching the pregame show, getting G'd up from a few few highlights, reels, let's call it, leading into it, and you went, I'm going to whack a little tenner on a same-game multi here, paying $3, pretty safe money. And then you went, ooh, might as well have a first try score while we're at it, Tommy Turbo, $10. And then you went, oh, I'd like to offset the losses a little bit if, uh, as a blue supporter, if Queensland get up. So I'll put $10 on the Maroons to win uh, just in case. Uh, and then just before kickoff, you go, oh, Brian Toto's paying you know, 150 to 1 to be player of the series. And if the Blues win, he scores a hat-trick, that'd be huge money. And all of a sudden, you've smacked through four or five bets and it just happened out of nowhere. Might be a problem, well, probably is... Uh, a sign of you struggling to control your punting. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's help available. So make the move and get on top of your gambling with Gareth Wyatt from Seacle. Get in touch with Gareth and the team. I know plenty of playbook listeners have got in touch with them. So congratulations on taking that. It is a brave step to do so. Gareth's a lovely bloke. His team are legends. So email them at gareth.w at seacle.org.au. That's Seacle, C-E-C-A-L. You can give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013. Or send them, them a direct message on Instagram at Sequel Gambling. Uh, wonderful team. They'll help you out, and it's not a decision that I think you'll regret. Now, let's move back on to Supercoach. Question from Jakey. Currently, I have Cook and Boyd as my hookers. Do you think trading Boyd to Grant is a good trade? Probably not, uh, realistically. And I just say that because Harry Grant's been solid this year, but... Traditionally, we came into the year saying that he he generally regresses around the origin period. 34 in the game leading into origin, 34 the week after origin one. In 73 minutes, it was on track. Then he went bang and went nuts against the Sharkies with 123 points. But, you know, does he play reduced minutes this week? They then played Penrith next week, which will be very hard scoring. Does he rest after round 19, after game three of origin, potentially? Break even 38. He's at a good price of 599k. Certainly not a bad trade, but provided Cookie backs up from Origin, I think you can potentially wait and go Harry Grant post Origin period. Question from Fish How many New South Wales players you aim to have in your final 25 given their inability to perform when it counts? Uh, Fish, I'll start by saying you're dead to me, mate. Um, look, I definitely want uh, Tino Fusumalawi in my, my final team to attend the season. Uh, oh, wait, you said, sorry, you said New South Wales players. I thought you said Queensland players born in New South Wales. Sorry, mate. Uh, we'll move on to a question from Steve. Who to trade out this week out of Buller or Will Kennedy? Interesting little fullback combination you've got there. And look, not a, a strong opinion, but I, I think at their prices, I'd be looking to probably hold Will Kennedy. Obviously, both are on the buy this week, but they the Sharkies come back and play the Dragons, who they pumped earlier on in the year. Then in round 19, they have the Tigers and Dream Buller. The Sharkies, I mean, pending what happens now with Origin selections with Nico Hines, but even regardless, they'll be pretty close to full strength in that one. Tigers still to be missing a few, so 
I think, yeah, looking at that and even fixtures, the Warriors the week after that would be tough, but then they'd mainly uh, in Cronulla. So some nice games to come. I think if you're holding one of those two, I'd be holding Will Kennedy and cashing in on Dream Buller at just a slightly higher price. Question from Josh. Hey, mate, Walsh, Munster or Brimson a better replacement for Turbo? I like Reese Walsh. The Broncos have some really nice games coming up. I think that he's younger. He looks fit. I hope he's fit because if he did that to us last night and he wasn't fit, then Jesus Christ, I'd hate to see when he is. What uh, Walsh, yeah. I'd love to bring Walsh. I just don't really have the fullback slot at the moment. But again, provided he backs up, some really nice games to come. He's going to be so high on confidence coming out of the Origin Arena after what the problems that he put on. So... Brimson I like, I just his injury history concerns me so much. You know, if he was 18th man last night, if he's 18th man for, for game three, then he'd also be unavailable for the Titans in round 19. Munster, I had my thoughts on him before, but yeah, I think Walsh is, is a pretty good play there. Alrighty, let's go through a few rapid fires before I get to my trades and skippers for the week. Thanks for the potties every week, really enjoy them. Cheers, Nico. Nicholas Richardson, which trade option do you prefer? Cody Walker and Walsh? Or Gutherson and Munster. Can't afford Gutherson and Walker. I have to take a hit on one of them. Thanks, mate. I like Cody Walker and Walsh. I think Cody Walker and Walsh are both keepers for the run home. Gutho is damn close to it. But, I mean, Cody's, I guess, a bit of a chance to, to miss round 19 if he does get picked for the Blues. But, you know, you just, you'd say he probably doesn't. Gosh, he's got to be a chance. If Jerome Luai drops out, Walker could come in. Gutho has the bye next week. Rabideaus have the bye round 20 after Origin. So, look, there's not a lot between them, but I like the Bunnies' few games coming up. Walker, I love his upside. Reese Walsh in flying form. I mentioned Munster. I just see him getting a rest, if not this week, then after round 20. So, yeah, I think Walker and Walsh, but, mate, you're both terrific options there. Question from here comes the what do we got? Here come the Bears. Up the mighty Bears. Rounds nineteen through to twenty one could be the toughest rounds with the New South Wales team potentially being turned over. True. Thoughts on AFB, Adam Fanil Blake to add depth versus a flyer on someone like Walsh. He's an overall player. Now I would just depends how your team set up. Look, I, I do sort of. I'm pretty vocal about not going too too hard on front row, spending up on front row. So, if you've got two gun front rows and you want a third just to help depth, then yeah, I think that's pretty solid. Especially if you have say Tino and Payne Haas who could get rested any stage, particularly that round twenty. Uh, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty safe bet. He's also dropped a fair bit in price after going through that massive point scoring streak. What's he at now? 724K, break even 113. Still very expensive, but rock solid scoring. If you have three very good front rollers or even two guns and one solid one, I wouldn't be looking to to burn another trade there just at the moment, especially as you're going to be looking to get probably Tino and Painhouse in post-origin period at some stage. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to bolster in the meantime and you're a bit light on in the front row, then go for it. Question from Mitchie. Hey, so first trade has been the Peach to Johnson. Uh, obviously a very fine trade, and I'm sure you'll obviously be aware of this, but if you know if Peach ends up playing and starting, as I said, I suspect could uh, Stephen Crichton backs up, 
So I don't think Peach will play. But if he does come in there starting against the Knights, I'll be holding and playing. But if he doesn't, yep, to Johnson, sweet, happy days. Looking to bring in a decent second 5-8, but I'll need to sell Katoa and maybe boost to get the money. Is it worth doing the boost this round? Pretty dependent on, on your team situation, I think, there, Mitchie. Like, how many trades do you have left? What? How many numbers do you have this week? If you're sitting there and you've got a decent 17 and you're not scrambling for numbers too badly and, you know, you might be a bit shorter on trades, you, you probably don't need to force that trade. If, uh, if you're saying... Katoa, I don't know which Katoa because potentially via Jules you could get Munster via Ellie Katoa if it's him. Ellie is due back next week, not confirmed, but should be from that eye cut. So as I said, if you don't need the numbers and you're a bit lighter on trades, you can probably hold off on it. But if you need numbers this week and your trades are in a pretty decent position, let's say you're maybe 15 or 16 plus, then yeah, pull the trigger. But if you're a bit worried about them, it might be a good opportunity to save one. I will say this week that Side struggling for numbers. If you've got only got 16 and you don't want to tear your team apart by making another trade or you're short on trades, if it's a decent 16 and you don't have too many plotters in there or bench players or any of that, 16 might be okay. It's obviously not ideal, but in the long term, you know, that trade that you do to get your 17, it might get an extra 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 points. Is that worth a trade? No, I don't think it is. So, you're only at 16, don't tear it apart to get that extra man. Question from Braden. Hey, mate, would love your thoughts on Nuffs. Whew, I love giving my thoughts on Nuffs, mate. Is three Nuffs, Pelé, CT, Darwin, two rough, too many with buys, or okay if it sets up your entire squad for the run home? Mate, the idea of three Nuffs in one team with, what are we, 11 or 12 rounds to go, just sent tingles down my spine and not in the good way. I think that is way too many Nuffs. We're looking at the drama of this week. It's only a minor buy round with three on the buy, and teams are struggling to get 17 on the field. Round 19 could be very difficult. Round 20 could be extremely difficult. Players getting rested in the back end of the season. The last three rounds of the season, I believe it is the, it might be the Eels, the Broncos and the Bunnies have buys. So weeks there where players could get rested, anything could happen. A lot of will probably be pretty heavy on players from those sides because there are so many super coach guns. Three's way too many, mate. I'd be looking at one. You can probably get away with two. Now let's get on to my trades for the week. Now I've tried to make get as much clarity on these as I can for the podcast, but you know we're still waiting on so much news from Origin and players backing up or not. And it's particularly important with my side because I'm a Tyrone Peach and Zach Hosking owner. Two players, if named to start, coming into the Penrith side against Newcastle, I'd be so happy to hold and play for one more week. Look, it probably doesn't look as though Peachy will play. Hosking wouldn't be shocked to see Isaiah only and Martin rest, or at least one of them. So Hosking could come in. But as it stands, I'll be looking to flip out one of those two players. Let's say they both don't play. It'll probably be Zach Hosking. Uh, and I quite like I spoke about him earlier, but Ryan Madison, as I said, he's a gun, a player that you can hold till the run home. I know they've got the buy next week, but can cover him okay. So if you've got too many eels, I, I wouldn't, if you're keen on Maddo, I wouldn't overinvest in them. I've got Moses and Hopgood. So it'd be three for me. If you've got any more than three, I, I wouldn't be looking to bring in an eels player this week. Three's probably pushing into touch as well, to be honest. But, yeah, I like Maddo. And they also have a buy later on in the season, so be aware of that. Uh, but Mitchie Moses, I'll be flipping to Nathan Cleary when Cleary's available. So I'd have two eels for the run home for that late season buy. 
In terms of my second trade, look, again, I've got, what, about 16 and a half, the half being Lemuelu playing off the bench on deck this week. So that trade would give me 17 and a half. And there's a couple of players there in Joshy Schuster and Phoenix Crossan who I'm not thrilled to be playing in my side with tough matchups and, you know, some pretty low potential scores in them. But if a Peach or a Hoskin came in and my numbers started to look a bit more solid, I'd look to probably just make the one trade. If I need to make a second trade, there's a few players I'm half eyeing off. I, look, I don't think I'll go down this route, but one is maybe Richie Kenner at CT Dub. I don't mind him. I spoke about him before. If Mitch Moses was out, I'd probably shift Phoenix Crossland to halfback alongside Nico Hines to cover that slot this week. And then I'd play probably Cam Munster in. I had really, look, I'm not super keen on Munster this week, but again, the keeper for the run home, if he does play this week, happy days, pretty, pretty hard to knock. And then the other one that I was sort of eyeing off at CT Dub. Probably won't go to him, but Nick Meany, once again, he's dropped to a bit more of an affordable rate. He's been so good this season, averaging 70 points. The Storm are starting to come into a bit of form, although every time they do, they seem to uh, have a bit of a barry and, and start to lose a few games. But, yeah, Nick Meany averaging 72. This season, he's had, what, low scores of 38. That was in round two, 44 and 45. Even the 44 and 45 were against Manly and, sorry, South Sydney and the Broncos. So two really, really good sides. Some decent games on the run home, Meany. You wouldn't necessarily have to play him in the harder of matchups. So I don't mind Meany at 670k. He's a bloke I've wanted all season but haven't uh, bit the bullet on. So maybe him, but yeah, hopefully this week just the one trade and pretty keen on Ryan Madison. Skippers at this stage will be Cody Walker on Sunday afternoon against the Rabbitohs. VC, Mitchie Moses. Should be a pretty free crack at the VC loophole this week, the vice captain loophole. So... If Mitchie does score well, I probably wouldn't, especially with a little bit of a lingering injury on Cody Walker. If Mitchie can go 80-plus for me, I'd probably take that and lock in the loop. Righto, guys, let's wrap that up for the round 17 SC Paper Question and Answer podcast. Hope you have a belter of a weekend, and good luck to your Supercoach sides. Cheers.